0: This is episode number 014 of the Reno Slant. The good times just keep rolling. I I can't even remember the last time Nevada lost a sporting event.
1: Welcome to the Reno Slant, the podcast for northern Nevada sports fans, where an award-winning sports writer and his Nevada alum brother discuss Nevada football, Nevada basketball, and, well, pretty much everything else Nevada, except for the Loyalist Chicago tournament game. We don't talk about that. Here are your bro hosts, Adam and Nathan Schell.
0: Times are good, guys. Nevada football absolutely waxed Colorado State on Saturday night. Now is bowl eligible. Won three straight, absolutely cruising, and sixth-ranked Nevada hoops. Handled Pacific and off to a 2-0 start, and you heard me right, up to sixth in the country Absolutely crazy what's happening on on campus. So Adam and I will share some thoughts on football last week, basketball last week. And then football is now on to San Jose State on Saturday afternoon. Hoops is on to Little Rock on Friday night. There's a million different things we're juggling right now. So Adam and I will share some some things to know about the upcoming football and basketball matchups. We'll give our keys to victory, favorite player on those rosters, make some predictions as well. This week we finally got him. Been giving Chad Hartley all sort of, <laughs> of shout outs on the podcast. Was able to get Chad, uh, on Monday. We had a, a really interesting conversation, I thought. Not, obviously a lot of fun stuff going on on campus right now, but one of the motors behind this Nevada becoming monster that is Nevada basketball is the sports information department and the Nevada basketball social, social media presence. presence. Get all sorts of national love and Chad is one of the main people Behind that, so I had a really fun conversation with Chad about the power of social media in 2018, and kind of what all goes into that uh, up on campus, and how much fun he gets to have with, with Mus on a regular basis. Really marketing this program. So we'll hear from Chad his thoughts on that stuff. For slants, we got games of the weekend, Twitter questions, and random Reno. We're gonna do we're messing with the format again, just a little tiny bit because there's so much going on right now. So. We're gonna recap last week. We'll talk about uh, the basketball game versus Pacific. We'll talk about the football game versus Colorado State, and then we'll hear from Chad. And then we're gonna look. We'll look ahead to this coming weekend with football and basketball. Give it, get into our previews and all that stuff. But first, we got our iTunes five star review of the week. It comes from Anime DVD seventy eight. We also got someone left a, <laughs> a Michael Scott quote. So so cheers to you. But we're we're going with Anime DVD seventy eight. He says the or they say. This podcast is great. It is a quick, easy, fun listen for any Nevada sports fan as well as a great discussion on non-Nevada sports topics. Look forward to it every week. So we really appreciate that. Uh, we'll make sure we need to get in touch with you. I have no idea how we would do that. So if you're listening, Anime DVD 78 we need your Venmo so we can shoot you a dollar, your grand prize. We do appreciate the love, appreciate the support. Thank you for the review. Um but bro let's let's jump into this stuff. Before we do, you were down here this weekend and we really hyped up our golf game on Sunday. <laughs> you and me versus Dad and Aaron. I know they're both listening. Do you want to share with
1: everyone how we did? Oh, I mean easily. We won. We dominated. It wasn't even, I wasn't even worried at all, but actually it was funny. I was thinking before we started recording, I'm like, I wonder how long it's going to take before Nathan dives into how, how well we did it. <laughs> Jump that goal into on. it as early as possible. Yeah. Get it out of the way, but yeah, no, that, that was a lot of fun being down there in Vegas and that course. I can't remember exactly what it, what it was called again. Something stallion. Stallion mountain. Yeah. That course you had us go to. That was a lot of fun, but yep, that, that, uh, matchup's always interesting.
0: So yeah, that was a first. Our first time beating dad on the golf course. We I think we were down one at the turn and ended up we we won by four strokes, mm-hmm. three strokes. Turned, ter-
1: turned it on in the back. Oh, we turned on the afterburns. We looked good on the back. <laughs> we looked nice. Why? Well, well, yeah, I remember before going into before we took the turn, we had like we were down one the majority, and then remember we gained the strokes, and then we were t- even, and then we coughed another. We coughed the stroke back on the ninth, I think it was. The eighth or the ninth, or one of those two. Champions show up when it mattered, and we showed up when it mattered. <laughs> can't, ar- can't argue that. <laughs> the other
0: thing we talked about was you bringing a football down here. Do you want to share with everyone how you executed that plan?
1: No, I don't want to talk about that. Let's move on.
0: He did not bring the football. Did not bring the football. So we did not get to do the shout, punt, pass, and kick contest. We'll have to do that, I guess, up in the rain and the cold in Washington when we're home for Christmas because that's the next opportunity to do that. I think
1: that's more fitting, too. Our natural element. Exactly.
0: <laughs> okay, so while you were down here, Nevada Basketball played Pacific, so you obviously weren't at that one. You, you were mm-hmm. at the airport for that one, right?
1: Yeah, I saw a couple minutes on my phone, but I was going through security, waiting for my you know, waiting but for my plane and all that stuff. Didn't you say though that the bar at the airport wasn't showing the game or Yeah, I can't remember exactly what game was on, but they weren't showing the the Nevada game, which I thought was kind of bizarre. So I God, what was that? No, we were watching the Boise State Fresno football game. That's what we were watching. All right, well, not a bad yeah.
0: alternative, at least.
1: Yeah, ex- yeah, it was alright. But that was the only frustrating part is you got a couple You know, there was probably three or four people at the bar, you know, wearing Nevada shirts and stuff, and all of us got to watch Boise and Fresno instead. Lame. Well,
0: Nevada improves to two and zero. Final score on that one, eighty three to sixty one. Just kind of following that on Twitter and looking into the box scores. What was something that jumped out at you from that
1: game? Um, Nevada guarding from the perimeter, either guarding or Pacific just being bad at threes. Uh, they held <laughs> them to five of 20 from beyond the arc. So 20, you hold teams to 25% from back there. That's going to be pretty good moving forward. But that was one thing I saw because that has been also a little bit of a struggle. Yeah. So
0: that was a concern coming into the season. BYU was six of 31. Pacific was five of 20. Collectively, that's 11 for 51, 22%. And you're going to win some basketball games when teams only shoot 22% from deep against mm-hmm. you. On the other side of the court, one of the things that we're going to go back to the perimeter is how well Nevada shot the ball. That was one of the biggest question marks, if not the biggest question mark, coming into the season. And Nevada was 15 for 31. <laughs> the school record for most made threes in a game is 16. So... <laughs> This team is supposed to take a step back from a shooting perspective this year, and yet they almost set a or at least matched the single-game record for threes made in a game. The record, by the way, is 16 against San Jose State in 2012. But you have Jazz Johnson, you have the Mar Twins, you have Jordan Caroline, you have Sean Thurman, all of them hit two or more triples. That was a welcome sight <laughs> after what we saw in the exhibitions and then early in the opener against BYU. What, what else jumped out at you?
1: Yeah, I was going to talk individually about Trashawn Thurman, you know, 27 minutes. He was three of four from three, 14 points, five boards, two assists, a steal and three blocks. Like he, he had a, he had a great stat game. Like that was, he put up some, some good numbers for him. So it's nice seeing that, especially a guy that, you know, not saying that I don't want to be seeing the Martin twins or Caroline succeed, but it's nice seeing another guy too. That's like, all right, we still have him as well. Right. So definitely, definitely emerges a threat. He's kind of taken the place that I think a lot of us thought Jordan
0: Brown would fill, at least early in the season, mm-hmm. the, the five-star five star freshman. But again, he's a freshman. can going to take us some time. I think by the end of the season, we'll look back and be amazed that Jordan Brown was only playing eight, nine minutes in games. Yeah. So nice that you have something like Treshawn Thurman, who you can kind of throw into that spot for now. One of the things that jumped out to me, a lot of positives in that game, but if you are going to look at maybe the m- – somewhat pessimistic side. You gotta look at Nisre, Zuzwa and Corey Henson. They both only played nine minutes. Some I think four of those were when the game was well out of hand in the in the second half. Neither of them scored. Neither of them played particularly well against BYU in the opener. And when Muss was saying early in the year that he was going to use a nine man rotation, I don't think a lot of us <laughs> were willing to bet the house on that. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of faith in that And that's just nothing. It's something he hasn't done. We've talked about it at length, That it's a different situation this year with the depth and talent on this roster. But I don't think anyone's expecting him to evenly disperse minutes among those nine guys. And it appears early that those are going to be the two guys who are probably number eight and number nine on the bench or Mm -hmm. number three or number four on the bench, at least early. Again, we're only two games in this thing can change drastically, but as it stands now, These next few games I think are going to be important for them against lesser competition. They're going to get some time to them to maybe start to get into a rhythm to prove to Musk that he can go to them and and, and rely on them. Because that, again, tiny sample size, only 80 minutes of basketball, but
1: they've struggled early. Did you have another one? Yeah, my last one was just kind of quick. Was just a quick little shout out to all the students. I saw a video on Twitter of, you know, Muss walking along the line, you know, before the doors open, and high-fiving all the students outside waiting. So, I just thought that was super cool. Just coming from when I was in school and basketball was not anywhere near what it is now, and seeing how many students are out there waiting and then Muss engaging them and stuff. I just thought that was a cool little cool little uh cool video I saw. So, quick little shout out to the students. The students, yeah, that's cool. But for – Mus is just
0: he, – he's the man. Like he, he knows yeah. how to endear himself to this community and just doing something. It's amazing how doing something as simple as that, mm-hmm. how, how so many coaches miss the boat on that. Yeah. Hey, hey, coach, can you go out for three minutes and go high-five the students while we videotape you mm-hmm. and just get everyone into it? How simple that is, but the effect that has. Oh, it has
1: – the the effort to result is just – Astronomically different, how much more that you know how little it takes, but how big it you know the the results are from it the r o i on that is astronomical
0: mm-hmm. and that's that's some of the stuff we'll get into with Chad Hartley here in a little bit talking about how mus is super open to doing that stuff because he knows he's smart he he knows the impact that has the the last thing I had it's more of an honorable mention note is uh Jordan Caroline. what are we doing with our hair bud? <laughs> Is, is that going to be a season-long thing? Is that a temporary die? Is that going to be in there until March? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have to see. You saw his tweet a couple weeks back, right, where he asked, like, he is he asking know? for a barber or something to do? Yeah. yeah.
1: Some weird looks going on. What did you think of the uniforms? Um, I saw you weren't a big fan. I, I didn't mind them. I thought they were pretty cool. There was a like, lot, there was a lot I, going on. They were busy. I w- I wasn't as big of a fan as how the camo kind of came up into the jersey. I think I would have liked him a little better if it was just straight camo bottoms. Mm. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hate it. You know, it's like, it's one of these new things. We're going to figure out what Adidas is bringing out. So I think that's kind of like their little, all right, we got, we got, we got this, you know, but we'll see, uh, what else they can build off of.
0: Yeah. Two games, two different uniform combos or two different uniforms so far. So we'll see what, what's going on this week. Uh We'll move on to football here. The Colorado State game, an absolute shellacking. An absolute shellacking. Nevada now 6-4, and 4-2 four, four and in the Mountain West, 49-10. The final score on that one, and it wasn't even that close. I was really rooting for a shootout. Uh Awesome way for the senior class to go out. Just an absolute resounding victory. The win over San Diego State was huge, but I thought... Obviously, you factor in the, the strength of the opponent, but that was one of the better games start to finish we've seen from Nevada in a long time. They jumped mm-hmm. on Colorado State pretty early and did really whatever they wanted. And that was going to be my first takeaway is we've talked about this team getting better every single week from Toledo to Air Force, from Air Force to – who did they play after Air Force? Fresno? Mm-hmm. It is every week, especially in conference play, you felt it get better and better and better. Just one step in front of the other. It's been yep. so clear, to everyone's been paying attention. So clear week in and week out, this team is getting better every single week. And that was that happened again on Saturday night. Forty nine ten. Colorado State had absolutely no answer on either side of the ball. Nevada had thirteen possessions, seven of them and with touchdowns, and it felt like they honestly had more than that because Colorado State. Just had no answer. And shout out to Caleb Fossum finally getting in the end zone. Uh he almost scored on a trick play. He had the the he was gonna throw a pass, ended up running it, and it looked like he was gonna get in. They got stopped on the one. And it was like dude is cursed. He can yeah. he, he he cannot get in there. Then he ended up scoring on on a slant, broke away. So certainly happy for Caleb. Happy for the seniors. Uh a really fun way for those guys to play their their final game at
1: Mackey. Yeah, so you hit up a couple things I was going to talk about. But, I mean, just reading a couple of the stat lines, especially for the offense, I mean, 636 total yards, 29 first downs, 29, seven touchdowns. Like, I mean, obviously we were sitting on the couch together watching the game down in Vegas, but it was just – Colorado, it it almost looked like they had people on the field, but they just didn't know what they were doing. Like, Nevada's offense could not be stopped, and it was – it was one of those games where it was just so entertaining because everything Nevada was doing was working. Yep. on on both sides of the ball. So that's that's what I was just. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's why I really was entertained with that game because it was just. I mean, uh, granted, Colorado State also a struggling team, but Nevada really just had a piece together. You talk about destroying teams' will.
2: Yeah. And,
0: and that's what that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching on TV, you could tell how defeated Colorado State was. And, like, they they were cutting to Mike Bobo, and they, they just were not having a fun time over there.
1: Well, speak, going back to Bobo, I still don't know if I ever found out what that – the reason why he was so fired up in that oh, – got, got
0: That stupid he, penalty. Yeah, I forgot to play around.
1: Yeah, he got that unsportsmanlike, but he was just losing – I thought he was going to punch the ref. <laughs> he just kept going after him.
0: Well, that was one of the things <clears> – <throat> obviously, we want to talk a lot about Nevada and the, and the positives in that one. But – if you're Colorado state, wh- uh, how good are you feeling right now about your coaching situation? Yeah. You just signed him to an extension. His buyout, he's he's the highest paid coach in the Mountain West right now, Mike Bobo is. Mm-hmm. He's going to make over 2 million next year. It, it increases by I think 150,000 every year of the contract. The buyout is 5 million dollars after this year. They just Ouch. built that shiny new stadium and w- that that team that we saw on Saturday night, did you feel like that was a team that was trending upwards, that was in a good place? No, I feel like that was a team that was
1: circling the toilet.
0: I mean, they their quarterback is young. They went away from KJ Carter-Samuels, the grad transfer, because they said we're just going to put the young guy out there so we can get to, some reps, and so that obviously is a factor. But that defense is terrible.
1: The defense is awful. They couldn't
0: do anything. And it, you look at the other side of the ball. At one point, Colorado State had six straight possessions – where they did not get a first down. Six straight. Now, Nevada's defense has gotten a lot better. <laughs> a lot better. But, man, Colorado State looked bad. yeah, Bad, bad. And We knew that going in, they were bad. But they they looked worse than even I thought they were going to look.
1: Yeah, I mean, they only had, that's how I was looking. A couple of things I had written down is they were only 13 first downs in the entire game. And that's going to include, that's one of the things I was going to talk that's going to include the 10 points that were just garbage time points that right. we know. So I mean, I mean, so how many? I would say probably half of those first downs at least probably came during that time frame. Yeah. So you probably had six first downs in the first three quarters of the game plus.
0: Yeah, they look bad. They they got issues. Mm -hmm. They they clearly have issues moving forward. The the last thing we mentioned, those seniors, Ty Ganji, have a day. Twenty eight for thirty five, four hundred four yards, four touchdowns. Did not throw a pick. Sat almost the entire fourth quarter. So pretty cool way to play your final. Final game at Mackey Stadium is watching in the final quarter, mm-hmm. getting to hang out with your boys after absolutely whooping up on, on a conference yeah. opponent.
1: That's nice, just sitting on the, sitting on the sideline laughing. Um, yeah, my last thing I was going to mention. We'll t- I, we can talk a little bit more. I know this is part of the Twitter questions, but flip side to what I said for basketball, attendance was awful, for especially for students. I can't talk much because I wasn't there, but... Yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit of ideas of how to fix that, but um, I'll just end on that, that st- especially the student attendance was, this seniors did deserve way more than that, than what they got.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunately been a storyline this year. It was a storyline last year. Attendance was up a little bit this year. I think last, or next year, we'll certainly see a bump because expectations are going to be bigger next year coming off of this season. If they can finish it the way we really hope that they can finish it, we maybe even expect them to finish it. So that's something we get into with Chad Hartley about what the sports information with the athletic department, how they feel about attendance and is it something they're addressing and ideas they're thinking about. So that's part of that conversation with Chad as well. And we'll get into it at the end of the show in Twitter questions because it is a big thing. You know, it's, mm-hmm. no, it's noticeable. You have a winning football program. Things turning around. Things have been rough. You have a fun football program, a coaching staff and players that are easy to root for. Last game, home game of the year and 13,000 announced show up. You know, it was less yeah. than that. The last thing I'll say before we move on to our conversation with Chad: Nevada was put in a weird situation, especially the fan bases on Saturday night, and that they were forced to root for UNLV. And in an even a weirder situation, UNLV came through with the upset of the year in the Mountain West, going to San Diego State. I mean, San Diego State is not the San Diego State that it's been the past couple of years. But they go to San Diego State and pull out a win. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely crazy. So with that win, Nevada is mathematically still alive for the Mountain West title because of that.
1: So you're saying there's a chance.
0: I'm saying there's a chance. More like one in a million. <laughs> it's a little bit better than that, but not much. That's also something we get into, Chad. How does the tiebreaker work? What's, how do you actually interpret it? I don't want to spoil it, but... It's, it's something that we talked about on Twitter. I think Chris Murray put it out there on Twitter as well. Basically, Nevada does not control its destiny. It's got to win out and get some help, um, from some unlikely, <laughs> unlikely yeah. sources. So we get into that as well with Chad. We'll go ahead and play that conversation now. Really great to have Chad on some really awesome stuff from him. Here is that conversation. Okay, Chad, uh, pumped to get you on. Just so people have an idea, I mean, I obviously know working with you for a few years up in Reno, but to give people an understanding, what does the sports information director at a, at a university do? Like, what are your job responsibilities?
2: You know, you know, in 2018, that's a, that's a different answer than it was, you know, five years, 10 years, you know, 15 years ago. Right. Um, uh, uh, I guess, I guess the, the very basic definition, uh, and, and the things that we always revert back to at the end of the day is our job is to promote and publicize the, the athletic programs at the University of Nevada. Uh, promote, publicize are always the key words in what we do. Um now, now that's, that's a wide spectrum there. I mean, that's everything from media relations. <laughs> it's everything from, you know, dealing with ESPN and, and CBS sports and Fox sports and all that to, you know, maintaining a website and handling social media and, you know, all of, you know, everything, you know, from there and, and, and in between, like, you know, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so hard, hard to kind of dial it down in a nutshell
0: there. <laughs> yeah. And, and we'll get to. That including more and more in 2018 with, with social media and that. So with the basketball team especially, but we've yep. had, we've had some fun back and forth since we really launched the show about is it cold or not at Mackey Stadium? <laughs> and and I, I finally on Saturday said, okay, Chad, I'm sorry. It, it's going to be cold. Was it cold <laughs> on Saturday night? Cause it looks
2: cold. <laughs> It, it was a little chilly, but uh, I mean, we, we've been through worse, that's for sure. <laughs> and at the end of the day, like, there's a really good football team playing playing football at Mackey Stadium right now. Right. And we want folks to get out there and watch them. And, and uh, you know, it was a tough year attendance-wise uh, from that aspect this year. But, you know, I think this program, as, as we've seen the last two home games at Mackey Stadium, is, is on the rise. And, mm-hmm. you know... It, People always, people always, you know, you talk about you know reasons to go to football games, and whether it's a good schedule or whether the temperature is going to be great, or you know who's playing in Mackey. And at the end of the day, I my answer is always, you know what, the Nevada football team's playing in Mackey six times this season. It's going to yeah. be fantastic. You should go out and watch them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you hit on that because that was one of the things I want to talk about too. Unfortunately, it's been a storyline this year on the field that's been a surprise to some by any metric. It's been a successful year. But we're still seeing San Diego State, not a great number. Senior night on Saturday, not not a great number. Just for you personally, I guess. What are your thoughts on that development? Do you have maybe a reason or a couple reasons that go into that? I guess is what are your overall thoughts.
2: I I I think there's there's a couple of different ways to approach it, and and number one, I think the first thing is this is not this is not unique to Nevada. This right. is Not unique to the Wolfpack. Uh, I think people are seeing. Uh, this trend a little bit across the country. I mean, you saw Nick Nick Saban uh, go off the rails a little bit earlier this season about attendance at Alabama games, and um, I, I, I think it's a national trend. And I think there's a lot of different factors that play into it, and 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 TV is obviously one of them. And and we're fortunate to have the the TV partners that we do. But you know, there, there's there's a lot of options when it comes to yeah. you know football on television, and 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 television has changed the way people enjoy football and the way people consume football. Um, and, and you could, you could go for hours and hours and hours on that topic alone. And, (laughs) and I mean, you, you know that as much as anybody. And, um, so, so that, I I think that's one thing, um, in terms of things that are unique to Nevada, you know, we we had, we had it down for years and, and, and you don't hide from that fact. right And we, you know, we had a couple of years, we didn't go to a bowl game and we're down in the, down in the standings and we made a coaching change and, you know, it just takes time to earn fans back. And we understand that. Um, you know, I think you can. I think you can look at men's basketball and we lost some fans there, you know, after some down few years and, and, and it took, it took a few years of winning to get them back. And, and now in men's basketball, you know, we're, we're, we're over the moon with, you know, attendance I, right now, but right. And, and that's what winning does. And so, you know, what Jay Norvell doing, is doing right now is exactly what we need and, and what this program needs and, and we're heading in the right direction.
0: Yeah. Is there anything, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's something that's discussed almost every day is, okay, how to get people to show up to Mackey because football attendance is vital for an athletic department as a whole. But are there things that you guys are going to try to do as a department differently next year? Are those conversations going to wait till the off season, or is it kind of one of those things we're really just banking on okay, the program's tra- trending in the right direction we're starting to get people's attention
2: no I, I I think our conversations have been forward thinking throughout the course of this year and and what we can do to make it better there there There's been an, you know an odd confluence of events that that have hurt some things and um you know Chris Murray touched on it a little bit uh in in a story a couple of weeks ago. Um, but he, but he noted the fact that you know, as an department, we sent out season ticket renewals for football and men's basketball within. I think he I think he shortened the time frame of what it actually was a little mm-hmm. bit, but they were within a couple of weeks of each other. Yeah. And and we understand that's tough for our fans. And 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 it, it wasn't anything we meant to do. It was anything we wanted to do. Um, but there was kind of a weird confluence of events that led to that. And and I think you'll see renewals go out for football earlier this year. Uh, we're planning for that. We want to get that out. You know, shortly after the new year, so, so that we spread okay. those things out and, and, and if you're a fan who, you know, maybe had to make a choice between one sport or the other, we don't want you to do that again. You know, we, yeah. we, we want as many fans in there as possible and, and we want to make it easier for our fans to be fans of all of our sports.
0: Yeah. Uh, on a much more positive and uplifting note, it's been, by, as I mentioned, all metrics, a successful year, a really fun year for this full program. You can really yeah, see, great. you can really see Jay Norvell and his system starting to grab hold and starting to get some momentum. How much more fun is your job in, in promoting a program when it, when it's exceeding expectations or performing as well as it
2: is? You know, I, and I, I think you can answer that just a little bit yourself and, <laughs> yep. and you know it coming from a journalism background and, and as a journalist, you're objective, right? You're, you're out there to cover the game but and cover the teams, but it's, it's always better when the team is winning, right? Yes. I mean, that's, that's, that's just, that's a truism of sports. And, and from our <laughs> perspective, that's the same thing as well. And, and, you know, I mean, to see some, to see the success this team has had has been incredibly rewarding because, especially because some of the people involved in the program. I mean, you look at this senior class and, you know, guys like Ty Ganji and Asani Rufus and Malik Reed and Damian Baber and Sean Krebs and you go down the list and, and, the, and what these, what this, class has been through, you know, Calais Meyer and Lucas Weber and all these guys and you know, they lost a teammate in Mark Ma a couple of years ago. They went through a coaching change. They went through schematic changes on both sides of the ball, like dramatic things that yeah. you know, as a college football player, that you know, the average fan does maybe doesn't understand what that means, you know, and what these what these kids have gone through and 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 to see it all come back, you know, and and you know, beat San Diego State and, and get bull eligible this week and, you know, mathematically still in the hunt for for a Mountain West title right now it's incredibly rewarding from somebody in my position.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that that was another thing that I want to hit on as well. So San Diego state shockingly loses to UNLV on Saturday night. And everyone's looking around saying, okay, Nevada's in the running here with, with two ties. And if San Diego state then beats Fresno, you have San Diego state, Fresno and Nevada all with two losses in the mountain West. And I was going through the mountain West tiebreaker and I'm not a very smart person. So can you break it down? It was my understanding that Nevada has to win out and Fresno has to lose out. Is that
2: accurate? That, that appears to be what the Mountain West tiebreaker situation is right now. Yeah, okay. I agree with that.
0: Okay. Well, so that would mean San Diego State have to lose at home to San Jose State and, uh, we'll see
2: but and and you know what i mean we, we had our weekly press conference today and and uh if if, if, if folks haven't checked that out you should like we, we do this every week and it, it really gives fans an inside glimpse of the players and the coaches behind the program and, mm-hmm. and it's available on our website and on youtube and we had some different faces in there today you know we had don peterson and, and romeo dubs and and um you know some guys who may not have gotten some of the media attention as, right. as a malik reed ty Gange, or whatever they're but but to hear them talk about the season and, and and some of these younger guys talking about, you know, how important it was to, to for these seniors to have this kind of year and to set a standard for a new standard for the program. And but but they know what's going on. And yeah, and, and to hear them talk about the situation, you know, they they're approaching it absolutely the right way. Mm-hmm. They control what Nevada does and they yeah. control what Nevada does against San Jose State this week. And that's all that matters right now.
0: The fact we're even having this conversation here in the second week of November is crazy considering where this program Correct. was a couple of years ago. Just, it's fun. And,
2: and it's rewarding. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, this is what we were looking for. And, and, and when Doug Newth hired Jay Norvell and Jay Norvell said, this is where we, you know, need to get the program going in, in, in this direction. And, and that's what he's done. This is a yeah. program on the rise. This is, this is good times right now. Mm-hmm.
0: It is, it is. All right. One of the things you talked about, and I want to circle back to it now was how different your role has become. With the rise, yeah. with the rise of, of social media and you guys appear to be doing it just as good, if not better than anyone else in the country. When I mean, you guys' Twitter social media presence gets a ton of national love. So I guess who, who gets, who gets credit for that machine? One and two, how, how much fun are you guys having with that?
2: Um, in terms of credit, I would give all, I would give credit to the coaches and the athletes. I mean, they're, they're, they're the reason we all have jobs and they're the ones we're there to support and, and when you look at men's basketball specifically, you know, you give a ton of credit to Eric Musselman because, because he's willing to, he's willing to try different things and do different things. And, and that guy comes up with more ideas than anybody. And, and he, you know, and, and that's the kind of effort and energy, you know, from people in our, perspe- in our jobs, Right. you know, what he does and what he brings to the table every day in that respect is, is fantastic. And, and, um, so in terms of credit, give, give all of it to the coaches and the athletes. That's who we're there to serve. And, and that's who we support. <laughs> um, I, I think. I mean, when when you look at how social media has developed and how journalism has evolved over the years, and and you've lived through that in in your time in journalism, I mean, it it was kind of a natural evolution that, you know, hey, these sports teams have the the ability to kind of reach people directly and tell their own stories directly without the filter of the media. And and maybe, you know, you get to see some authentic voices behind the scenes. And, you know, we kind of recognize that and and we've we've run with that in a lot of different ways. I mean, I I remember when we started the Nevada football Twitter account and. And we're up there with, with Chris Alt saying, you know, coach Alt, all right, this is Twitter and you, and you can talk to people directly and this is fantastic. And we're going to give you this login and you're going to, and all of a sudden tweets coming out in all caps and, and you know, signed CA. And we're like, coach, you can't tweet in all caps. And he's like, why not? I'm you're like, yelling I'm at you're everyone. yelling at everyone. And he's like, well, well, I kind of am. That's what I do, right? Like, I mean, and like just some of those early things you go through and it, yeah. it, it's, it's been an incredible thing as, as it's involved, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. what are i mean you guys have done some awesome things um the jordan caroline coming back um jordan brown signing the get up pack or what, whatever that hashtag was what What are some of the more memorable or some of the more successful campaigns that, that you have done or ones that come to mind i guess
2: you know i i think all of those that have happened within the men's basketball world in, in recent years um you know those are all still fresh and huge mm-hmm. and, and like i said credit musk and, and his staff for 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 a lot of the things they've done in that respect um i think i think the tweet that came out um after we beat cincinnati with yep. the random letters on a keyboard uh <laughs> uh that that was one of our our kind of biggest impression tweets in the history of you know of our, of our social media world and and nick beaton deserve deserves a ton of credit for that <laughs> and um there's been some fun things we've done i mean you go back a few years ago and and our digital departments evolved over the years and um you go back and and, and wolfpack fans who follow us closely they they know some of these names and you go back to to billy lee and ryan Jurz and uh some of the folks that we had working for us back then Th- those guys did a lot of fun things with gifts i still think the don jackson james butler dancing and practice gift that and if people know what i'm know what i'm talking about they're they probably giggling right now i mean it was there's been some funny stuff over the years
0: do you know what the number is off the top of your head that the nick beaten after you guys beaten cincinnati tweet the random letters
2: Uh, I, I don't, and Nick's going to kill me for this, um, (laughs) but the next time I go in his office, I will report it back to you because he's got that printed out. He's got it as a poster hanging on his wall. (laughs) He's pretty proud of that one as as he rightfully should be.
0: Well, this doesn't come out till Wednesday night, so we can maybe include that with the tweet. There you go. We'll get a little
2: yeah fix that in in the post editor,
0: so you mentioned muss has a lot of the ideas he's one of the the most fun coaches, I mean maybe a little bit biased, but maybe not. I mean one of the most fun and engaging coaches he embraces the media he embraces social media certainly has he have you guys ever come to him and he said no to an idea? Has that happened yet
2: nope, not at all and and that's a credit to him and 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 in fact he challenges us on a daily basis to to do more and to and to raise the bar consistently and 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 it's it's a great thing to have because he's always thinking like, from the time that guy wakes up every day he's thinking about ways to promote his program and mm-hmm. and it, and it's and he sets a tone that that's uh and sets a bar for us you know for everybody to try to reach every day and and it's fantastic and and you look at his background and you go back to you know his early days and you know coaching CBA and in Rapid City, South Dakota and everything that that's the world he's grown up on and is, is finding ways to promote his program. And, um, it's translated to the college game, um, because it's different and it's unique. And he's not one of these guys who cut his teeth, you know, as a college assistant coach and and that sort of thing for years and years and years, he brings a different perspective. yeah, And and it's really helpful for our program.
0: If we went big picture, I mean, obviously it helps to have someone like Musk and have a basketball program that's in the situation that it is. But social media is becoming increasingly important, whether you're a sports information department or a small business owner or just an individual trying to market yourself. So what would you say are maybe an important couple of things for someone who's trying to develop a social media following or a group that's trying to develop a social media following? What What are some of the things they need to be doing? Because you guys are clearly pushing all the right buttons right now.
2: Um, I think, I think first and foremost, be authentic, be be who you are and, and don't try to be something or someone that you're not. Um, I think that's most important. And and we, we approach a lot of what we do on social media from the perspective of the sport accounts generally represent, you know, more of a, more of an overarching or, or department level feel of, you know, informing the public and, you know, here's tickets, here's notes, here's news, here's what's going on. Mm -hmm. And we want our coaches to be out there under their own, under their own name and under their own accounts. So that, so that fans, the athletes, prospective recruits, everybody kind of gets a feel for who those coaches are and what, and what kind of program they're running. And, and that authenticity, I think is, is the most important thing you can do when it comes to social media. So that, Mm -hmm. that's the first thing that, 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 that comes to mind for me is just be authentic, Mm -hmm. Be, be who you are and, 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 and let the world know who you are in that yeah. respect. Yeah. Um, I think the second thing, and this, this goes back to my background in journalism and, and your background in journalism as well. I think mean, you can speak to that is, is don't ever, don't ever miss the facts, right? Like, yep. I mean, at the end of the day, you're, you're telling people what happened, what the score was, who did this, you know, mm-hmm. who won, who lost, what, what this means. And, and don't ever miss the news part of what's going on. Cause it, yeah. at the end of the day, it is still media, right? It's still information transferring and, and, and having the facts correct is, is vital.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, that, that's a great point. Um, there's a lot, lot of noise, a lot of in inauthentic- or in out there. So I think being authentic. Yeah. It's a big one. And that's certainly what makes, I think your presence unique because there are programs who say, here are the stats. Here's final score. Here's the quotes, but you guys, are, you guys have your twist on it, you know, or you, ha- you have your voice and, and your two cents and it totally it just changes the feel completely.
2: Yeah, and and you know, speaking of media, and I, and I don't, I don't know that a lot of people know this, but uh you you and I share share a job history together. I mean, you're talking about two alums of the Sparks Tribune yep. on the podcast right now.
0: Big time. This is big time stuff. <laughs> big time stuff. But I mean, I, I'm I'm truly, I have no problem saying this podcast. I'm surprised that thing's still around. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see how how much longer
2: you know Seriously. the the, me, the media world's evolving and and yeah. there's always going to be a place for media there's always going to be a place for journalism and and right now the business model of that of that world is changing and 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 maybe it has to hit a bottom and then it has to bounce back up and 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 you know come back as something new and different and and maybe that's what we're seeing right now yeah. I don't know it's it's certainly different you know from the world that I was in you know a decade or more ago and right. uh um, it's probably changed a lot since you got out of the business too, but it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to come back and there, and there will always be a need for journalism. There will always be a need for, for storytelling and information transferring. So
0: yeah, it's just how people prefer to consume that now. And that's, Correct. I, I want to consume it online. I want to be able to click. I want not be able to watch a video. I want to be able to listen to a podcast instead of I want to act. I think there will be a value in being able to actually hold a newspaper, but eventually the demographic that really enjoys that. Is going to come and go, and they then we can't click on the hyperlinks, and then it'll be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, I'm with you. I think at some point, newspaper only media outlets are are going to go away. I would think.
2: Yeah, and and we're seeing that evolution happen now. And, and, yeah, and you're right. I mean, I, and I'm somebody who still very much enjoys the value of a Sunday newspaper on my doorstep. And, right. And, and reading what's happening in the world while, while having my coffee on a Sunday morning. And my daughters who are 10 and 15, they read the newspaper, you know, mm-hmm. on a, on a, you know, on that kind of a level. But at the same time, you know, I love that you're doing this podcast because I think, I think this is a new way and a new, a, you know, a new era of information exchange that, yeah. that is changing and evolved. And, and I love this thing. I love podcasts. I, I subscribe to, to way too many of them. That's for sure. And, <laughs> um, it's, it's, uh, it's just new. And like I said, it's, it's not going away. It's just gonna right. change in the way it's delivered.
0: Right. Yeah, that that really was one of the reasons we wanna start this thing or want to start this thing. One, it helps that the basketball program is where it is, the football program's trending in a certain direction. I had my radio show said the following, but really I'm with you. I love podcasts. That's how I prefer to consume content now, whether I'm driving, whether I'm going to the gym, it's a passive thing. So I I'm truthfully surprised that there aren't more people in Reno doing more Nevada basketball podcasts. <laughs> You know, right. it, 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 it might be happening here in, in January. I might be calling someone out. I don't know, <laughs> but it, it's certainly the future, I feel like.
2: Yeah. And, 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 you know, a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, there's going to be something new that we haven't thought of or right. th- that we can't even conceive right now, but it's going to be there and it's this constant evolution. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's still the same thing. It's, it's information about topical subjects getting transferred from one human to another. And, yeah. and, you know, that, that's an important thing. Yeah. That's an important thing. <laughs>
0: It is. It is. Chad, that's some really awesome stuff from you. Um, real quickly, what is, your job is to promote the athletic department. What are the best ways that people, from your perspective, the best ways that people can promote or themselves promote the athletic department or support the athletic department? Plug your stuff. Uh,
2: in, in terms of supporting the athletic department, you know, follow us on all the channels. I mean, I mean, we, we, we put a tremendous amount of effort and we've talked about it here about social media. And that's the main way we communicate. Um, we still communicate with traditional media, media on a daily basis and the TV mm-hmm. stations and the radio stations and, and this new Nevada sports net, which is, which is a great thing for Wolfpack athletics and, and the Reno Gazette Journal and yes, the Sparks Tribune. Um, so, so there, you know, you're going to, you're going to be able to consume media and information from us in, in a great many different ways. Uh, but in terms of following us, you know, um, I, I still believe that, you know, and, and, I, I think Twitter is the, is the best medium of social media mm-hmm. in which to consume information, uh, on an accurate and authentic basis. And, and until that changes, we'll, we'll right. still focus a lot of our energy on Twitter. Um, in, tor- in terms of supporting the athletic department, buy tickets, become a yep. season ticket holder. Um, you know, supporting this Wolfpack program, uh, football program, especially through, fo- through season tickets is probably the biggest and simplest and easiest way uh, people can can do to support all athletics because because a healthy football program means a healthy athletic department. And, right. and that's true at most athletic departments around the country. And and you know what I'm talking about when it comes to that.
0: Yeah. Speaking of football department, football program, that is going to a bowl now. Uh We won't know for a while which bowl it actually is. Yep,
2: generally the Mountain West announces, uh, holds on to that, uh, and there's no official announcements until after the championship game is played. So I think that's December 1, uh, is the Mountain West football championship. So Mm -hmm. Sunday, December 2 is when all those bull announcements are going to come out and, and, uh, that's where we know where we're headed and, you know, hopefully things break in our way and we're playing football on December 1.
0: Yeah, that that would be incredible. But people, I'm sure, are going to want to. I mean, hopefully, the bowl game isn't you know on the East Coast, relatively close to Reno. When tickets become available, should they go to the website? Where where should they go to get
2: tickets for that thing? Yeah, and that and that's an important thing too. And thanks for bringing that up. Um, you know, every every team that goes to a bowl has an obligation to 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 sell as many tickets or to buy as many tickets as possible, and and that affects the bottom line of, of you know, the overall financial health of of the bowl trip and and an athletic department. So. So yeah, go, go to NevadaWolfpack.com. We'll have tickets available once we, you know, announce the bowl and once we know where we're going. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have that, all that information there and, and, and buy tickets through us. It helps us if you buy through us and, and, uh, that, that's important at the end of the day.
0: Very cool. Nevada's going to a bowl, maybe playing a Mountain West championship. Nevada football in an unbelievable place. Fun time to be a, a sports fan or a sports employee at Nevada.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and hey, don't, don't, you know, don't, don't miss out on, I mean, this is the Nevada baseball program that's coming off the Mountain West Championship too, and Josh Taylor's got the softball program. There's a lot of great things going on in Wolfpack athletics right now, and you're, you're talking about, you know, uh, this is a department on the rise within the Mountain mm-hmm. West Conference, and, and there's a lot of, a lot of sports programs that are, that, that are, are heading in the right yeah. direction right now. It, it, these are good times right now.
0: Yes, they are. All right. Chad Hartley, Nevada Sports Information Director. Chad, you're the man. Thanks for coming on and sharing some insights.
2: Hey man, thank you for having me and thank you for doing this podcast. I really appreciate it. And I know there's a, there's a number of people out there who enjoyed it as well and I appreciate the work that you and your brother do.
0: Okay, let's jump into the football game Saturday afternoon. Not a 730 kick, which is nice. It is away from Reno, not as nice, but at least we get to watch it during the day. We won't be up till 1130 or midnight watching this thing. Kickoff at 2 PM on ESPN 3. For those of you who aren't making the trek, what do we need to know about the Spartans, Adam?
1: That they're bad. (laughs) (laughs) Just leave it at that. Yeah, see, I mean, they're just, they're not good. They're giving up. They're averaging giving up 38.7 points a game and 330 yards of offense a game. I mean, they're just getting mowed over on the defensive side. So, I mean, we'll get into the, We can get into the offense <laughs> later, but I'll, that'll be my first points. They're bad. That is reflective in their record.
0: Collectively, mm-hmm. San Jose State one and nine, one and five in the Mountain West. Their only win a couple weeks ago at home versus UNLV. Talked about that on the, uh, that's when we debuted the wow, you know, V is bad slant to to the show. But I will say this. 1-9 and nine jumps out as terrible. They have been in some games, though. Three of those losses are by one score. They lost the opener to UC Davis 44-38. They had that crazy five-overtime game against Hawaii, which they could have won or lost seven different times. Ultimately ended up losing by three. And then they played San Diego State tough at San Diego State. 16-13, they lost that one. Man, San Diego State almost lost a home this year to UNLV and San Jose State both. <laughs> That's wild.
1: It's not a good showing. What else you got? Uh, I was going to talk about some of the specifics that I was looking at last night when I was, you know, reading up a little bit about them. They've given up 28 passing touchdowns and 20 rushing touchdowns already this season while only scoring 8 rushing and 17 passing. So I was looking at it's like even if you combine their total touchdowns scored you're still five shy of what they've given up for just rushing alone. <laughs> so some of those defensive numbers it was just kind of making me chuckle last night. I was just I was putting myself in you know trying to think of man if I was a San Jose State fan, especially a football fan, like how would I feel watching this year in and year out? And it kind of just made me feel feel a little feel a little better. Man, if you're a San Jose State football fan, that's rough. Yeah, my
0: condolences. <laughs> that that's a real bummer. They are they are out there though. Mm-hmm. They're the real trip. If you're still a San Jose State fan, like hat tip to you, because that's, <laughs> that's, that's tough. A good,
1: that's a good point because you've been through hell and you keep going through it. You've been through hell and you're still there. Yeah, you're, you're still there. You talk about some of the stat
0: stuff. You you hit on a few. They're they're not good statistically. Mm-hmm. Points per game offensively twenty three. That's one hundred seven in the country. Points per game allowed, almost thirty nine, that's one twenty one in the country. Here's a stat. They're running for sixty five yards a game. Sixty five rushing yards a game. Out of a hundred and twenty nine division one FBS programs, where do you think that ranks? Out of what 121?
1: 129. 129. Um They're gonna be 127th. 129th.
0: They are dead last. They are the worst running team in the entire country.
1: That is not, that is not something to hang your hat on. That's not great. They
0: allow 220 rushing yards a game, so not only do they, can they not run the ball, they can't stop the run. That's 115th in the country. They allow 280 passing yards a game, that's 120th in the country. I mean, you can go down the list. They're damn near at the bottom of the country in so many stats. The so one stat, one of their better stats, is passing yards per game. They average 266. That's 33rd Ooh. in the country. But that, Colorado State was also 15th in the country in passing yards per game. It's one of those things where they're not passing necessarily because they're effective at it. They're passing because they're down 35 in the third quarter, and that's what they got to do. The teams are playing mm-hmm. soft. So that number is to me an outlier. Do you have another one or anything else yeah. about the spots? Yeah, a
1: little, little skewed. Nah, I was gonna talk about I was gonna brief up on some of their close games, but you already touched up on that, so we don't need to go into that. The one last stat I'll go
0: to is sacks. Sacks four. So how many sacks their defense has? Mm hmm. Ten. One a game. That's last the Mountain West. Sacks they've given up this year? Thirty five. Oh, my so, God. Over three games. So a real good chance for Nevada to absolutely dominate in the trenches in this one, get after the quarterback, keep Ty Ganji clean, let him dissect that secondary, which is not very good. Because Nevada is tied with Boise for the most sacks by in the conference with 34. That's a, such an improvement for this team. I, that's mm-hmm. one of the bigger reasons I think we've seen – this leap by the defense is what's happened on this defensive line. Um, being able to oh, slow down the run and get after quarterback has been such a huge, huge factor. Yeah. For, for this defense and Nevada's only given up 13 sacks this year. That's fourth in the Mountain West. So Nevada has a massive, massive advantage in the, in the trenches going into this one. Who is your favorite player on the other roster? Who could you find?
1: Uh, so I don't know how to pronounce this name, but I'm going to give it a shot. It's sale OC Latu, Latu. I'm sure That's it's like not, it? I'm sure it's not that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what, I'm not exact. I have no idea, but <laughs> this guys, 6'3", 327 pounds, huge dude mm-hmm. in his second season with the Spartans, uh, returning starter at nose tackle. Last year he was all Mountain West uh, or an academic all Mountain West award recipient, so not for the plane, but for the classroom, right? Um, but yeah, that, that was my guy. I was looking at the roster a little bit last night, and I I went back towards. I'm just gonna find the heaviest dude on the, on the the roster. The heaviest and shortest. Kind of your default. Yeah, yeah. What what do you got?
0: All right, I found six one senior running back Brandon Monroe. Uh, for a couple reasons. Um, he doesn't play a ton. Okay. I don't, I don't think he's play, if he's played this year, it's been only special teams. He doesn't have a carry, but Brandon is in his sixth season with the team. What? Sixth season. So he, is he had red shirt, red shirt, gray shirt. He had two season ending injuries. He had one his freshman year and one last year. So, um, you also have a red shirt in, in there, I believe as well, but. To have two season ending injuries, both of them were really early both of them were like the second or third game, and did you see what they do you see what they were i I couldn't find it okay, I couldn't find it, but season ending injuries to fight back from significant injuries not once but twice, and to do it at a place like San Jose state where it's not like you're playing for a lot every single year you're pretty much playing for pride at yeah. that point um I think speaks a lot to to Brandon's character i mean that takes a lot of resolve. A, t- a ton of people folded in after one, but to, to do it twice and to be back for a sixth season saying, no, I only get one crack at being a college athlete to, to power through that, I think is, is pretty cool. And the fact that he was a freshman in college the same year that, or I guess the year after shoot. So he was a freshman in college the year after I graduated from college. So it made me feel good. That someone was, that we were in college still, at the same time. Still, still hanging around. But I just put that together that actually he, so he, he showed up at San Jose State right after I graduated from PLU. Okay. But either way, either that's, way.
1: That's, that's pretty, that's pretty cool if you think about it actually. It really
0: is. And so it, this is San Jose State Senior Day. So this will be Brandon's last time put on the pads at home. And for someone who's gone through that, you know, that's going to be a feel good moment for him and those close to him knowing what he's had to go through to get here. So, I am rooting for Brandon to get a couple carries on Saturday. If the game goes, we think it will. It'll be lopsided and you can maybe put in some of the backups and it's not like San Jose is planning to go to a bowl or playing for a mountain west title. So get, get the seniors in, get Brandon in. And, uh, I'd be pretty excited about that.
1: Put him in coach. Give him the rock.
0: Give it to him. All right.
1: Keys to victory in this one. I'll let you start. Don't look past San Jose State. Now I'm still saying they're gonna win. I know you said I know earlier in the prediction season we, we we differed on this game, but <laughs> I'm saying don't look past it. You know, forward to UNLV. There's obviously a lot more excitement with the UNLV week and rivalry and everything going on, but you know it's still a tricky situation. You're still playing away, away. We haven't been. You know, it's not like we're been winning a ton on the road. So yeah. You know, still gotta, still gotta take a week by week. So just don't look past them. We've had, um, you know, they've given San Diego or given San Diego state issues, given Hawaii issues. So they still have given some other teams problems. So
0: yeah, the The only way Nevada loses this game is that they do look past San Jose State. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a place that's given Nevada problems before it's going to completely be one of those bring your own energy games. Yeah. Cause probably not going to be a huge crowd. They're they're one and nine in San Jose State football. It'd be easy to look ahead to UNLV next week. It really would. Your big rivalry game in yep. state playing those guys, it'd be easy to sleepwalk through this game. And that's why when we go way back to episode zero zero two, I actually said Nevada was going to lose this game. I have reverse course on that. We'll get into that more in the prediction. San Jose State is just too bad at this football. I would hope is, I would hope so. Nevada's rolling right now, an absolute juggernaut looking like the, the last few weeks. So we from, want from, Bama. We <laughs> We don't. We do not want that. That'd be bad. That that'd be a problem. Um so what I was getting to is Nevada's clearly the better team. San Jose State has been competitive in a few games as as I hit on you and you just hit on as well. So for me, I want to see Nevada start fast in this one. We know it happens when worse when team when there's a talent disparity and the bad team hangs around, how the pressure seems to flip sidelines. So get out to an early lead in this one, like you did against Colorado State. Bury them early, and mm-hmm. then get to have fun in the second half because this is a, t- a San Jose State team that is not good, and yeah. Nevada is clearly rolling right now, so get out to that fast start. don 't let San Jose State get any crazy ideas then you get the you never know what happens with the fish shading on the road, you get one bad bounce, just eliminate that possibility let 's get out to an early lead and, and coast.
1: Yep, yeah, I like that call. I was also going to say too. Aside from how many yards, you know, two hundred plus yards rushing, San Jose State's given up a uh, game on average. I'm going to say get throwing. Ganji last week used twenty eight to thirty five, four hundred plus, and four touchdowns. Yeah, I would like to. I would like to see Ganji have another week like that too. Just kind of solidify it, just like you were saying before. Get in, get the job done, and get out. Yep. So another
0: thing that I'm I'm looking at in this one, this is something we saw the team do early in the season was shoot itself in the foot, whether it's 99 yard pick sixes or silly turnovers. We haven't, we've seen this team get away from that last couple of weeks and we certainly saw them get away from it on Saturday, which was great. And that's how you get a result that we get on Saturday night of 49 10 butt whooping. The only way San Jose State hangs around in this game and starts getting any crazy ideas is if Nevada gives it opportunities, if Nevada turns the ball over. San Jose State has got its hands on some footballs this year. They've picked off 12 passes. That's 18th in the country. So that's a pretty good stat for them. So they give up a ton of points, a ton of yards, but every once in a while, they're able to jump in a passing lane and get a hands on the football. Uh, Gange was great against Colorado State, did not turn the ball over once, but that's something I'm looking at as well as if San Jose State's gonna hang around this one, make them earn it. And I don't think they can, so hang on to the football and it should be okay. Do you have another one? No, that was, that was what I had. The last one I kind of wanted to go to, we talked about this last week, we wanted to see and it, we didn't really see it happen, it was I wanted to see Toa Tawa go absolutely nuts. Mm-hmm. Because he was, he had been quiet in the, the last few weeks rel- relatively. He ended up with 12 carries for 83 yards against Colorado State, and most of that was on one play, and it was an amazing play, that 49 yard run where he broke like nine tackles and got down to the one. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he was getting frustrated, because it happens every time now. He gets tackled at the one. They bring in Devontae Lee. They go yeah, wildcat. Yeah. He runs it in. He's taking all his touchdowns. Vulture. If if we were doing Mountain West fantasy, fantasy football. Be, <laughs> yeah.
1: So, Towards yeah. The owners would be very frustrated. So, yeah.
0: He was kept out of the end zone again. I think it will be another great chance for him this week against San Jose State. We talked about them being one of the worst rush defenses in the Mountain West. So, Tigangi Chance to have a huge game. I think there's a really good chance that the Toa Tawa gets back into the end zone this week. What do you got for a prediction?
1: 45-17, Nevada.
0: Yeah, we're, we're pretty close. We don't need to get into this too much. You got 45-17. I went 44-24. San Jose okay. State is going to be energized. It is their senior, um, their senior game. So you have to factor that in at least a little bit. Maybe they get a little bit of bump, bump, maybe early. So either way we both got it convincingly or Nevada winning convincingly. What do you got for the betting angle on this one?
1: Yes, yeah, so when I was checking it out, um Nevada's favored by 14 and a half right now and the over under is 58. 14 so and a half. I've, that's that's smaller that than was, I thought. That was exactly what I thought too. And the stats I pulled up with it are even more convincing that it just makes my mouth water looking at that <laughs> spread. Ooh. What was the total? So, uh 58. All right. So what do you so, got? pretty standard for right around where they've been. So the first 3, I can just kind of kind of combine them because the Wolfpack's 4 and 0 against the spread in these last 3 things. They got their last 4 games on field turf, their last 4 overall and their last 4 conference games, they're 4 and 0 against the spread. They're 4 and 1 against the spread in this last 5 meetings with San Jose State. So right now that 14 and a half looks fantastic. Um, and then going for the over-under, what I was seeing, the over is 4-0 and in San Jose State's last four games on field turf. The over is 5-0 and in Spartans' last five at home. And the over is 5-1 and in San Jose State's last six games following a straight-up loss. And one other thing to note is that when they do these stats, they kind of break them down by teams and whatever. Mm-hmm. Just to show how either p- – uh, bad of an idea it is to bet on San Jose State. Nothing in their section had to do with the spread. It only dealt with over-unders. <laughs> so there's another little, little, uh, key for you for anybody who's thinking about betting the game. So all those stats say take Nevada in the over. Yeah. The over, it's
0: back. We're back on it. But that's one of those spreads where it's, it's almost, it's, it's weird. Cause it, it's, it, it, it feels what, it's so, you, your brain
1: immediately says, that's too small. It's a trap game, is what it is. It's one of those games that <laughs> the pu- the public sits there and goes, "Oh my god, this is the easiest win of life." While after the game ends, the casinos sitting there cashing all the money you made. So are you gonna bet on it? Yes, and I'm taking Nevada. You taking Nevada? Are you gonna? I can test the total. Uh, I might throw, a li- I might sprinkle a little bit of money on the total of on the over, yeah. but I. <laughs> Maybe I'm just a sucker, but I love Nevada minus 14 and a half. <laughs> well, last week was we were we were talking about when you were down here, was that that was the
0: first time we think that you went 2 and 0 on the the spread and the total in a Nevada game? Oh. Uh,
1: I'm yeah, 99%
0: sure that was the first <laughs> time I went 2 and 0. All right, it's pretty good. Let's see if we can back it up cuz I I like Nevada minus 14 and a half certainly. The total 58, Nevada could cover that itself. Yeah. So, we'll see. All right. Nevada basketball one day earlier back in action at home against Little Rock. Tip off at eight o'clock on Friday night on ESPNU if you're not making the trip to Lawler. What are what's something to know about Little Rock?
1: So picking up from last year, I'm gonna go on their twenty seventeen standings. They were seven and twenty-five overall. There were four and fourteen in conference. They finished last place in the Sun Belt, Fun Belt, and they had a two and fourteen away record last year with that squad. Mm. So definitely not a contender team that's coming into Lawler, but yeah, they they definitely had their struggles.
0: So they were seven and twenty five last year, but they are two and zero this year. Mm-hmm. It's Nevada's third straight unbeaten opponent, just a murderous row. Of a schedule <laughs> to start the year. Um, Who made the schedule? <laughs> so in their opener, they had Southeast Oklahoma State and the power that is that. You know, do you know what the mascot is for Southeast Oklahoma State? Cause I don't.
1: Uh, no, I was looking at them. I actually was just looking at them right before we start recording, but I can't remember what it was. I One have... of them was a tiger. I have no idea. <laughs> look it, look it up real quick and I'll. Okay. Of... So they beat Southeast
0: Oklahoma State. In overtime at home in their opener. So they need overtime to beat those guys. 101-92. And they backed it up the following week or the following game at Tennessee State. So they went on the road, something they have, didn't do a lot last year. And they won that game 83-67. So they are 2-0. and According to Ken Palm though, what Adam was hitting on just now while he was doing some research. This is the worst team Nevada is going to play this year other than San Jose State. Ken Palm has him at 262, and ESPN's BPI gives Nevada a 97% chance of winning this game. So I don't believe a a spread is out yet, but when that does come out, it's going to
1: be sizable. Yeah, their mascot, it looks like a buffalo, but his name's Bolt, the Savage Storm mascot. But it looks like a buffalo in blue shorts and a yellow shirt.
0: So it's the Southeast Oklahoma State Savage Storm yeah, that's a lot. That's L- a lot going on there.
1: Yeah, tone it down, guys. Take it yeah. easy. All right, what else do you know about Little Rock? Uh, just one of their players. They got gar- their guard Marquis Noel, leading scorer, averaging almost twenty a game, four rebounds, five assists. He is thirty seven though from beyond the arc. Um, but they're shooting 36- he thirty. Shoot- he's shooting thirty seven percent. Thirty. Yeah, thirty seven percent on three pointers. Um, and then, but I mean, as a team, they're shooting 36, but I was kind of looking at who their leading scorer was. And that, I guess is the guy he, I think he had the second most minutes overall in the first two games collectively, yeah. but I guess that's the guy that we should be watching for. Yeah.
0: He caught my attention as well. He's a, he's a freshman, freshman point guard. He's five eight one sixty five 165 So we go back to last week, talking about our favorite players on those rosters. Some of the smaller guys. If you're a ba- if you're a basketball player or well any on any roster, the mm-hmm. rule of thumb is you can shave at least one inch off the height and probably at least ten pounds. So we're probably talking about five, seven, 155, fifty five, one sixty somewhere in there. But he's a dude. I mean, he was ESPN had him as a four star recruit. I mm-hmm. mean, that's got to be one of the one of the best recruits or most highly touted recruits is ever to go sign with Little Rock. Yeah. Um, he's out of Harlem and you mentioned he's been, he's been great. He's averaging 19 points per game, six of 16 from deep, 10 assists to nine turnovers. So he has turned the ball over a little bit. He's, he's a freshman, but it's been a big test for him. All five, seven of them coming to Lawler, yeah. playing the sixth ranked team in the country as a whole. I should say, I mean, he's the point guard for an offense. You know, going to overtime in your first game helps maybe skews the numbers a little bit, but in their first two games, they're averaging 92 points per game. So. Against lesser competition, certainly, but that they can—they're at least capable of of putting the ball on the hoop. Was there anything else that jumped out at you looking at these guys?
1: I'm just kind of a little bit looking at their experience-wise letter for the letter winners they had on squad. They're returning four of them, but they lost nine. So I was kind of thinking, looking back to last year's record, and then losing nine of your letter winners. I'm like, I mean, it was a squad that obviously didn't perform as well last year, and then you lose nine of your guys. Definitely deplete you. They are 2-0, like you said, against kind of lesser schools. So I definitely think they're going to have their hands full on Friday.
0: <laughs> My last takeaway looking at these guys is they do have a little size down low. They have one guy from – I forget what country. He's somewhere in Europe, by the way.
1: Bosnia, Her- Her- Herzegovina. Herzen- yeah, Herzegovina. They have two guys from there, I saw. Oh, two? They have two. I saw the big guy was. I didn't see who else was. There was another big guy, but I think he's okay. younger. But I know I saw two of them.
0: All right. Well, one of our our Bosnian Herzegovinians is six ten, so got a little bit of size. But you then you go to the perimeter, all of their guards are six one and under, all of them. So for Jazz Johnson, that that's right in his wheelhouse. But for Caleb and Cody Martin out there, mm-hmm. you think that gives an opportunity to absolutely eat. You know, blocking shots, jumping those passing lanes, getting out in transition—they're going to have all those opportunities against a team that's not very. Because that's one of the advantages for this team now is is its size and its length, especially on the perimeter—a
1: huge,
0: huge disparity there.
1: Yeah. On Friday night,
0: who is your favorite player on the other roster?
1: So I was looking at this guy, Ryan Pippins. Mm. <laughs> He's six foot, two hundred and fifty pounds. So pretty, pretty big dude for a little, height wise. He's pretty thick for a six footer. Yeah. Um, he's a guard. He saw, he played 19 games last year, had 13 starts, averaged a little over seven, two rebounds, about an assist a game. So, you know, he played a fair amount, but I couldn't really find a whole lot of stories on this dude. But yeah, Ryan Pippin's just cause the size I thought for a basketball player was a little right. dispropor- disproportionate.
0: My guy was very talked about him. Marquise Noel. You're a 5'8", 5'7", freshman who comes in playing college basketball for the first time. You're shooting the ball all over the place. You jacked up 16 threes in your first game. Four-star recruit. Strikes me as a kid who's going to come into a place like Nevada and do everything he can to light it up. I'm Probably not going to have a lot of fear. He's used to being the small Mm -hmm. guy on on the court. Probably going to be um a lot of energy from him in this one chance to prove that he belongs as one of those guys playing at a school like little rock i'd be curious to know why he chose like little why he chose little rock because as a four-star recruit i'm sure you had your opportunities to go to some bigger schools yep. or or maybe not maybe some of the schools were saw the five eight five seven and said we don't want it so i don't know oh. I'm, I'm excited to see him play against a team like nevada i, I think
1: that's gonna be fun it would be a chance for him to get himself seen, too. Yep. Because you, know, pe- you know people are going to be watching the game. Definitely. All right, what do you got for keys to victory in this one? Uh First one, I guess we just got to hope Caleb scores zero in the first half. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's worked out so far.
1: So I guess we're hoping he scores zero and then pops for 20-plus in the second half, because that'll be a nice little push.
0: <laughs> that's been so bizarre in the, fir- in the first two games.
1: Very weird. Very weird that that... I mean, I the first game. It was like, all right, that's definitely bizarre, you know, first game jitters, whatever. But then to happen again in the second one, it's like, all right, what's what's going on here? I I almost wonder it's got to be more a, a mental
0: thing than anything. Yeah. So I I wonder if there's some of it of him recognizing, hey, okay, I'm the senior leader. There are other seniors, but it really is him. Probably throw Jordan Caroline in there, maybe mm-hmm. maybe his brother. But people are looking to him. So is he maybe going? Super facilitator. I want to get everyone else involved, get everyone else playing, and and as a result, he's not doing anything the first half, and then at halftime, Massey yells at him and say, "No, we need you to put the basketball in the hoop." And he's okay, I'll <laughs> put the basketball in the hoop now.
1: Yeah, because well, cause you've seen you've seen his first half numbers. I mean, he's got a bunch of re- rebounds. He's got a ton of assists, and so, so it's not like he's not not. That's doing what anything he's, still, he's still yeah. impacting the game. Yeah, so that's what I was agreeing with you. You're saying that he's kind of taking more of that role, of the facilitator. I think right. kind of start the start the game off. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what that trend. If that trend continues
0: on Friday night, or if he just comes out guns blazing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just
1: says Sc- screw the first two games. Gone.
0: <laughs> One of the things, and this is where he would make an, an impact, is I, w- I want to see Nevada keep it going from deep. So, the game against Pacific that quieted some some people calm some nerves for the fan base that was one game let's see if we can string it into two you're playing a little rock team that's not going to the nsa tournament this year teams have jacked up a ton of threes against them i don't know if it's because it was southeast oklahoma state and who was their team that i said that they played tennessee state so not not a couple powers maybe just their style to jack up a ton of threes but they've those two teams shot a combined 82 triples Jeez. 80 to the so average average of 41 a game. I don't know if that was it's their style or if that's because Little Rock traditionally hasn't been good defending the three.
1: That's a three a minute.
0: Yeah, it's a three, it's a <laughs> in, three bo- in
1: both in both games. They're firing off a three a minute.
0: Yep, those two teams were against against Little Rock. So I, I'd be excited or curious to see. How Nevada comes out shooting if they come out. Cause Musk is never going to be someone who who says don't shoot. And we've heard, we've heard players talk about that. We've heard some of the transfers talk about that. Cause the only way they're going to get through these slumps is to, is to shoot their way out of it. And that's mm-hmm. it. So I'll, I'll be curious to see what Nevada does from deep in this one. What else do you got?
1: Uh, just speaking of, you know, definitely a little lesser of an opponent, Arkansas Little Rock. You're not going to have, you're not having a big Mountain West opponent come in. So get the crowd involved. Make a couple threes like you said. We've you know we've heard these post game interviews you, know, you got Muss and Jazz I remember the one specifically with Jazz Johnson they talk comment on how much it helps them like you know amplifies them get them focused in on what they need to do and knowing that you know the crowd's got their back and whatnot and just kind of messing with the opponents coming in so right. do what they have been doing get the crowd involved mess up Little Rock's rhythm and start making some threes
0: that plays into mine I said start fast get the crowd involved BYU was a Sluggish start, mm-hmm. and when I mean sluggish, it was that was ugly. It was, yeah, it was. It was that brutal. first half was ugly. It was a little bit better against Pacific. This team's gonna, t- it's gonna take time for this thing to come together. And this is this is a really, you the schedule gets light, but I think this is a sneaky important stretch for this team to figure out some roles for some guys, some teams, some, some guys to get more comfortable in these new new roles on, on the team. So I think this is the start. Uh, I mean, believe really the Pacific game was, but this is a. a will be a good test run for this team. I, you don't look past anyone, but yep. you, you look at the rosters, and Nevada should win this game handily.
1: When, we, when you're ranked what you're ranked, you, your target's on the back all all season. Everybody's, everybody's coming after you. You're going to get
0: everyone's best shot every single game. Yep. Every single – that's why it would be nice in some of these games. Yeah, you want to establish a couple things, but if you can give some guys – some time on the bench, you're you're not relying on Caleb and Cody and Jordan to play 38 minutes and play stressful minutes in November. I think that only serves you. Yeah. What else do you got?
1: Uh, I just had those two. That's those two. are my
0: keys. We talk about Nevada having an athletic disparity, a massive talent advantage in this one, especially athletically. Little Rocks turned the ball over 29 times. The, in the first two games. It's almost 15 a game. Nevada forced eight against BYU. It wasn't, I think it was 10 against Pacific. I could be wrong on that. Um, it was, it was more than eight, but it still wasn't a ton. But we talk about the, the length, Caleb and Cody, especially out on the wing. I think there's a, a good chance for Nevada to pile up some turnovers, score some points off those, score in transition, push the pace, play the style of, of basketball. We saw this team play last year. I would be curious to see, cause I think that would be, I don't want to say easy, but it's a good opportunity for Nevada to do that in this game. I'll be curious to see how much Musk tries to play with Jordan Brown and, um, Trey Porter or, or, and or Trey Sean Thurman out there. Cause we, he's, he's, he's talked about playing, playing zone, playing big, slowing down the pace. It's not going to be nearly as aesthetically pleasing as it was last year, but against a team like Little Rock that this is a time when you would maybe, maybe experiment with that.
1: So, yeah, no, that's a good point.
0: That's something to look at as well. What do you got for prediction in this
1: one? I think they're gonna, they're gonna win this one pretty handily. I'm gonna say 84-62. 84-62, so
0: we were pretty close. I said
1: 90-72. 90-72, okay. So you got a little bit more points scored. They've been right in that mid, mid-80, upper, mid to upper 80 range.
0: Yeah, so far in the first two. But like I said, if, if Musk does experiment in this game with Multiple big men on the court. Then the pace slows down, and then I think getting to 90 would, would be tough. But there will be certainly opportunities for this team to get out and run. Let's jump into some slants now. We're going to start, per usual, with games of the weekend. What do you got on Saturday?
1: Um. Okay, so my first one, I chose it just because it is going to be the bloodbath of the year, <laughs> bloodbath of the decade, bloodbath. Of ever since I've been alive, the Citadel playing at Alabama. It is just going to be an absolute nightmare. Um, if I'm those guys, I'm having nightmares every night this week. <laughs> uh, it was funny too. I was listening. They were well, well, to Tua
0: me. might not play. So that would, that Saban would said, maybe, Saban, help.
1: Saban, Saban said he's going to play. I was listening to a thing to a, on why would you, why? I was listening to ESPN. You really need him to beat the Citadel? Listen, the logic, the reasoning behind it made sense, but like in theory, what I was hearing, but in reality, just for this situation, I disagreed with it. What what, what was was he saying? He was saying they asked if to, or was it Tua? I can't remember how you say his name. Tua Tuggalo. They were asking if he was going to play and he responded with basically, yeah, why wouldn't he play? And then basically, you, you know, it kind of goes into the theory that Alabama prepares every single week the exact same, regardless of their plan. So I, I understand that portion, kind of the getting ready for the game. Yeah. But there's no need to play him this week. Just rest them. You're gonna win regardless of. You could put your running back behind center, and you're gonna win. I, w- I, mean, I I just pulled it up to see what the spread was, and there's no spread yet because they don't know what's going on with Tua. Oh. Yeah, exactly. So it might be on and off. Some places, I think, I was having trouble finding it. Some places have it and some don't. Oh, oh, what'd you? Cause I'd be curious what, to know what it was. 50, 51. 51. And the over-under is 61.5.
0: When UNLV lost to Howard at home last year, it was a 45-point favorite.
1: Yeah. Well, I was surprised. <laughs> In all honesty, I thought it would be bigger. Was, I, I thought it would be bigger, and I thought the over-under would be the spread. <laughs> That's true, actually. Wow. That total would be because at that point you're just guessing
0: straight up how many points the Citadel's going to score is it, it going to be that, 3 that, or is it going to be 6
1: yeah exactly <laughs> so i thought that was pretty interesting that it was they gave him 10 points difference between the spread and the over under
0: ESPN's <laughs> football power index giving Alabama a 99.9% chance to win that game
1: which is an insult to Alabama <laughs> <laughs> um yeah then my other game i guess it's not fair to say it's a trap game because everyone on twitter's saying it's a trap game so I won't take any credit and say that I called it or anything. But you got Syracuse at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's favored by 11. It's, over not, under at,
0: it's not Notre Dame, though. It's at Yankee Stadium.
1: Oh, yeah. Yankees. Okay, sorry. It's at Yankee Stadium. I guess they're technically saying Notre Dame's the home team or whatever. Right. But go everyone – Go Go A lot of people on Twitter, a lot of you know these cappers I follow and stuff. A lot of people are saying they think Syracuse is going to win this one outright. Straight up. Yeah. I've heard people doing that as well. Yep. So those are my two games.
0: Yeah. I, I had that one as well. Syracuse is number 12 in the country right now. That's crazy. And they almost won yeah. at Clemson. I mean, Clemson's quarterback got hurt in that game, but if they have a win at Clemson, we're talking about Syracuse in the playoff. <laughs> That's wild. Be um, crazy. So certainly rooting for the Q's in that one, a couple other fun ones. Going to the group of five. You have Cincinnati and UCF. So Cincinnati is number 24. UCF is number 11. That's at UCF. College game day is going to be at UCF. Uh, Kirk Herbstreet and the boys have been ripping on UCF all year. Now they're going to go down to UCF. It's going to be hostile for them. They got to answer the, answer the noise. Go Bearcats. (laughs) It'd be an interesting one for certain. If UCF wins that game, that fan base, which already is borderline insufferable, is going to get even worse because they beat Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati is nine and one, I believe. They have one loss, but that'd be a fun one on set. That's the ABC primetime
1: game. That fan base is getting pretty bad. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm I'm. I'm. I'm sick of UCF. At the same time, though, you win twenty.
0: What is? is it twenty five games in a row? You win twenty five games in a row in the entire sport says no. We don't want to hear from you. This is a conversation we had with Aaron Torres last week, but I can't understand that frustration. That would bother me. Yeah,
1: yeah bother I can him. get the fr-
0: Yeah. Okay, we won't get too into it, but yeah. I- okay, we'll move on. The last one I have is San Diego State at Fresno. So for a couple reasons. UCF, by the way, is, an, is a 7-point favorite, and Notre Dame is 11-point favorite. Need to circle back mm-hmm. to that. San Diego State is a 12.5-point dog in this one at Fresno. Nevada fans, the Nevada program, the Nevada faithful is going to be wearing San Diego State gear on Saturday because, as we heard from Chad, we need Fresno to lose that game, and we need Fresno to lose at home to San Jose State, which I would not describe that situation or that outcome as likely, but it's possible. If
1: if San Diego State wins, you got to get a tattoo, a San Diego State tattoo. How about that? Me? Yeah, you. Hell no. Come on! Hell no. If, ne- on. if
0: Nevada wins, it a... I'm not gonna make a stupid tattoo that <laughs> that that ends up poorly. There is some guy on speaking of San Diego State, Rashad Penny, the number one overall or the Seahawks number one draft pick last year. This guy is what uh, Seattle Seahawks blogger, pretty prominent. He's not a Rashad Penny fan at all, and he had a couple nice runs in the first quarter, and he said if Rashad Penny gets 100 yards. Today, this was Sunday's game against the Rams. If he gets a hundred plus yards, I will get a Rashad Penny face tattoo on my chest and my nipples will oh, be his I, eyes. I did see that. And my nipples will be his eyes. And he ended up running for like hundred and eight yards and his tweets during that game were so funny. He just tweeted like, What have I done? Yeah. I made a huge <laughs> So I don't know if he's falling through with that. But um Yeah, I saw after like the first couple runs he tweeted something like, Oh God or something. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not gonna make a stupid uh tattoo promise on this one, but we certainly need San Diego State to win that game. Coming off a loss. No they're gonna be upset, but Fresno also coming off a loss. Yeah. What do you got on Sunday? Some games you're looking at.
1: So Sunday I went Vikings at Bears. You got an NFC North matchup. The Bears Bears have been they've been kinda up and down, but they definitely have the potential there to be I'm not gonna say a Super Bowl contender, but Definitely to make the playoffs. Um, Vikings are always a threat. They're an interesting team. I think Dalvin Cook's back now. You got Thielen, who's setting the record and setting NFL records all over the place or on pace, too. Yeah. So that'll definitely be an interesting one. You got the Bears, minus three, over under 40, 45 and a half. Um Another one, you got both these teams are six and three and leading their divisions. Texans at Redskins. Mm.
0: Who That's thought- like... That That's the worst possible matchup of division leaders.
1: I just can't believe. Well, because weren't the Texans like – te- aren't they on some crazy run? They've won like six in a row or something. they won five in a
0: row, six in a row. Before they started, Bill O'Brien was basically fired like it was just a waiting game. And they go on this run. Like They haven't looked good, but they're just yeah, they're barely just,
1: winning they're just, games that's working. Yeah, exactly. And then you got the Redskins who are incredibly sneaky this year, NFC East. I mean, that's a pretty weak division that we've seen with Philadelphia, Dallas, and um, who's the other team? The Eagles. There? Eagles and Giants. Giants. Yeah, so you got those three teams who have not done well. And the Redskins have just been kind of quietly taking the lead in that division. Houston is favored, though, in Washington by three. Over-under is 42.5. Mm-hmm. And then I'm... Sh- oh, are you confused by that line? Yeah. It's like... They're three-point favorites on the road... Houston yeah. is Houston
0: is that's um,
1: probably reason why you had the Redskins two weeks ago they got smacked by Atlanta Texans added Demarius Thomas recently yeah or two weeks ago so that I, that would be my guess but I did think that would be that the Redskins would be favored um, if I were a but, Betty if I were a Betty man I'd have no problem taking those points mm-hmm. Redskins at home plus three yeah and then last one I'm sure you have it because it's got all the drama because they just moved it back to LA you got Chiefs at Rams LA's favored by two and a- I actually haven't seen if they changed the spread since they changed the stadium because I'm sure that moved. Well the
0: thing was the the line opened at Rams minus one mm-hmm. and it got bet down to two and a half and I saw people presuming like the reason people were going so heavy on the Rams because they thought the game was in LA. They didn't realize the game was scheduled to be in Mexico City
1: oh yeah and well, so see, so yeah I, I saw i was at two and a half yesterday as well yeah because i mean i know it's supposed to be mexico city and la was practicing in colorado springs i think it was do you get ready for the altitude get ready for the altitude now they're going back to la so did
0: you see the pictures of the of the playing surface in mexico city
1: oh my that looked horrible
0: how do you let that happen
1: i don't know how I do mean, you let that happen I, i'm curious at how many soccer games were being played on that or whatever. I had, I was I mean,
0: there were legit just dirt patches. There wasn't even well, grass.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I'm curious about. Cause I mean, it's not like they don't know these NFL teams are coming and it's big revenue boost when these teams come in. Cause people want to see the NFL teams. Oh. So I don't know. I don't know how the management of the stadium or whoever looks over that was just like, yeah, maybe they won't notice. Maybe they'll fly <laughs> to Mexico City. <laughs> Wonder if we can keep this huge field a secret until really show Watch up. Watch him just lay some huge green tarp to cover the <laughs> How many people got fired because of that? You think? Oh, I bet you whoever the field management guy was, or field whoever the guy person that looks over the over overall quality, you I'm have sure to he, you have to lose your job over that. I'm sure he got canned because. Could you imagine the, the amount of the frustration too? Because people have had to have bought tickets and are ready to go. Oh yeah, that screwed it so much up. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of ripple effects of people who, you know, are just getting hosed. You got the hotels down there that are probably getting screwed. Like, oh my gosh, it's got to be just a nightmare right well, now. And
0: NFL's got to be pissed because that's one of their games they like doing out of the country. They're trying to grow the brand. Mm-hmm. Mexico City's got to be pissed because they're losing out on how many millions of dollars of revenue from people coming and staying and drinking and eating and all that, all that stuff. Oh yeah, what a just absolute mess. Yeah, that is. And that's the Monday night game, by the way.
1: Yeah, that's. Oh a, wait, no, no,
0: no, no, it's not. That's the. Oh s- it, no, it is the Monday Night game. Yeah, it, it is, is the Monday Night game. That's the most anticipated Monday Night game in how long?
1: Chiefs Rams. We do the best two the best teams right now.
0: We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Drinking game for you guys: take a drink each time someone says Super Bowl preview. Each time, <laughs> you're not going to remember the entire second half.
1: Or drink every time there's a first down. That's even more dangerous. <laughs> That's fucking dangerous. If you want to end up in the hospital. Go for it.
0: Two other games I have circled on on Sunday, or at least in the NFL: Bengals at Ravens. Another NFC or AFC North matchup. Those are always fun. No line yet because Joe Flacco's flat? hip. Yep, yeah. he's got a bum hip. And also, game. I'm kind of. Think,
1: what do you got? You think he goes? I don't
0: know. Probably. The Ravens are so boring. It's the, I could not care less about what the Ravens are doing.
1: Yeah. They're not, they're they're not fun to watch.
0: It is funny though watching Joe Flacco when they have him split out and Lamar Jackson comes in and how he, he doesn't even pretend to try
1: to care. He doesn't even move half the snaps. He just stands how he is in his receiver, his receiver stance.
0: If he, if he could, he would just stand there and give the one, the middle finger salute to the entire organization while he's standing out there. Like that's what he's thinking.
1: I, it's not, I bet you before the end of the season, he just starts walking on the field with a Tommy Bahama chair. For those things, <laughs> just go sit up there, and just the legs, pull the paper out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> talks to the talks to the cornerback. Oh yeah, I'm a big threat this play. <laughs> that that is fun. That's the most interesting thing about the Ravens is watching Joe Flacco when he tries to be wide receiver. Mm-hmm.
0: The other game I have circled. This is the my WTF Bowl. Cowboys at Falcons. I have no idea what either of these teams are doing this year. They're both four and five. There's both been games this year. They've looked pretty good. The, the Cowboys were dead, and they go to Philadelphia and look pretty good last week. The Falcons, we don't know what the hell's going on with them malvor Yeah. Falcons, three-and-a-half-point favorites. I just think that's an interesting matchup. Well, the he, Falcons
1: just beat the Redskins, and then they got smoked by the Browns. Smoked by the Browns. <laughs> yeah. What do we got? Dan Quinn, what are we doing?
0: What are we doing? All right, let's jump into some Twitter questions. From you guys, if you want to submit a Twitter question next week or any other week, you know where to find us on Twitter at the Reno Slant. I put them out on my Twitter feed. I put a video out every Tuesday night. I usually do it from a parking lot. I forgot to do that this week. So I did it from where I'm sitting right now, where we record the podcast. First question we got is from Austin. This is a good question from Austin. He says, it's obvious the Mountain West needs more than five bowl games with possibly seven teams eligible this year. So what new bowl locations do you want to see? I think we could use a couple in California alone. So do any jump out to you? Any locations? Yeah. Um, well,
1: well, let
0: me ask you this. So I, I broke this down. I got this question because it was so interesting. Okay. What states do you
1: think host the most bowls? I'm going to guess Texas, Florida, and um, Texas, Florida... I mean, you, I'd guess California. Yep. Yeah, so those, those are the first three. Texas and Florida both have seven. Mm-hmm.
0: Seven Bulls. California has four. Then you have Alabama, Louisiana, and Arizona each have three. Tennessee has two. Then there's several states that have one, including Nevada with the Las Vegas Bowl down here. The one that really jumped out so, – so the Bulls are obviously always in – they're in December, late in the year – so it makes it tough to go anywhere where it's cold. That's why you see New York only has one. Michigan has one. Idaho has one. But other than that, they're pretty much all...
1: Warm states. Warmer.
0: San Francisco down. South. Okay. That's where... Maryland has one as well. Um, so one, I thought maybe, if you could brave the rain... I thought Seattle maybe. It's a good sports town. You have either Husky Stadium or you have Century League Stadium... I thought that may be a place, no bias whatsoever in that, obviously. Yeah. Um, that was one that, that jumped out. But other than that, I think you could, I think you could really put more than, more than one in Las Vegas. Las Vegas yeah. is, is such a destination. People love coming here. It's becoming a, it's been a sports town from a gambling perspective, but now you're starting to see it with, with the Knights. You have a soccer team down here. Well, it'd be a
1: lot, it'd be a lot easier too in Vegas when that, when the Raiders stadium's done.
0: Right. Well, the, the Las Vegas bowl is going to move there and it's become a much bigger bowl. Um, okay. In, in terms of. Oh, so they're leaving Sam Boyd? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I think they could maybe do another bowl game here in Vegas. Um, but I don't, I, none really jump out. Other than, I mean, yeah. They, they have a lot of the, the big ones. It wasn't surprising to me at all that Texas and Florida.
1: Yeah. Most of the stuff. times too. A lot a lot of the cities have been covered. So if. You know, I'm sure there's a couple of cool cities that you could probably host one, but a lot of the major ones would be doubling up or whatnot. Yeah.
0: T-Brand, Trav ASU asks, if you had, this is another really good question, if you had a choice over the next decade, would you prefer Nevada football average nine wins in the regular season or basketball average 20, 27 wins a year? Typically football is king, but based on poor football support, what do you think of the, those two scenarios? would be better for the program?
1: What do you got on that one? Um, I mean, I'm obviously more of the foot. I definitely lean more of the football, but thinking, I guess, rationally and where I think it would have a more impactful, uh, I guess, result, I'd probably say basketball team average 27 wins a season because you're getting to the tournament majority of the years. I mean, you're... It's. I think the support's already there. Depending of it, too, I would also say this would be a little factor if must stays or not because you don't know if the coach is going to be as characteristic and may not be as well liked. But, yeah, I'd probably have to lean with the basketball one on this one. So, for the reasons
0: you just said, I think basketball makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. if you're winning 27 games a year, you're assuming that you're making the NCAA tournament, which then gives you a chance at winning a national title. Football at a school like Nevada, at least with the current format, if you're winning nine games a year, you can win 12 games a year. You're not going to get a chance to compete for the national title. Mm-hmm. You're just not. You would need a million things to fall right. I, I, I guess it's possible, but it's extremely, extremely unlikely that if cho- choosing between 27 wins a year for basketball and, or nine wins a year for football, basketball has the much better chance of winning a national title. Yeah. But as we talked about with Chad Hartley earlier in the show, The health of the football, a healthy football program means a healthy athletic department. That is where the money is. And if you can start putting more butts in seats, you're winning consistently, you have a lot more, you have a lot more attention with the football program, then there's a trickle down effect. So it's, it's what do you want? Do you want a chance to win a national title in basketball or do you want all around health of the athletic department? Then you can go out and hire some of those bigger name coaches. Then you can go out and maybe build your, um, indoor practice facility the football program needs. So the easy answer, I think would be basketball. The more logical, if we're going to sit down and say, okay, what would actually be better for Nevada? It's, it's nine wins a year for football. Dirk the daring says, do you feel like the lack of home game days or home day games hurt Nevada tenants this year? Talking about football. Also, do you think, do you feel like Lawler is built for the juggernaut? Must is built facilities, food, et cetera. So when we had Chris Murray on the show a couple weeks ago, that's one of the things that he talked about. He said there's a theory going around that the night games have hurt the attendance for Nevada football. And based on what he's able to find, that's not true. He said more fans are actually going to night games than they are going to day games. So I think just looking at that, I don't think we have to go into explore that too much. I would say no. I don't think the night games are hurting. What Chris hit on, and I, I agree with him. Is, I think what's hurting is just the overall options fans are now presented when it comes to consuming football on Saturdays. You know, is it easier to sit on the couch and, and watch Alabama, LSU, and then flip back and forth between that one and Nevada? Or does it make more sense to drive down to, drive down to Mackey, pay to park your car, pay to, pay for tickets, sit at the game for four hours, drive back, turns into a six hour thing, or you can sit on the couch. I mean I I really think that's what Nevada and college football programs across the country are competing against. That's tough. And that that's part of the problem that Nevada gets to solve or try to solve at least, um has been and certainly gets to try to solve this coming off season. The second half of that is Lawler is Lawler built for the juggernaut that is Nevada basketball
1: all of a sudden. So Lawler how old do you think Lawler is, bro? Oh my god, I have no idea. Um, 15 to 20 years old, 35 years old. Ooh, is.
0: But the answer you gave is gonna fit into what I was gonna say. When you walk into that that building, you don't get a feeling of wow, this place is old, or wow, this place is a dump, or wow, mm-hmm. this place is gross. They've done a pretty good job keeping that thing up. It fits 11,536. <laughs> that, that, that that's that's a pretty good number. They updated the scoreboard, the the center hang a couple of years ago. They updated the sound system in there. The overall game day experience in there I think is pretty great. I I don't have any bones to pick with Lawler. I really don't. If there is I do. Oh, you got one. I got one bone. I said there's a there's, remember, there's a couple small things I, I I could go to, but what do you got?
1: I don't I can't remember if it's Pizza Hut or Papa John or whatever they got, but I bought a little pizza at the um the BYU game in that thing was microscopic. So I know food was in the question. (laughs) I know food is in there. So upgrade the pizza. All right, pizza. We can throw it in there. The one thing I would say is pretty much your only
0: way in and out is on Virginia. And that can be kind of a mess sometimes. Um, So that is, is an area that they could have been approved. Yes. But that's one of the things I think they're kind of their hands tied behind their back. What are you going to do? Uh, concessions is something I've heard a number of people talk about. There was some disappointment, some hope at least that they're going to change up the options with Nevada being in the situation that it was. Um, I know it's not inexpensive, but that, that's also a uniform across the board thing. At least you get to drink beer at the games.
1: Yeah, I was at, just saying. I at mean, least at that point, it's kind of I kind of get in that mindset where it's like. Nobody complain because I don't want to lose that. Like I feel like yeah. if people start asking questions, yeah, that might be one of the things to go. It's no like, one saying anything. Like, Shut up, we're one of the only schools in the country that can drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: funny. <laughs> That's true. Uh, law of the jungle. Envy. Fan shamming on social media. Works or bad look for the program fan base? Let me clarify later talking about fans going after fans for not going to games, which is something you already did on the podcast. But what what's your stance on that?
1: So that was kind of what I was going to go into was that, you know, I understand, I get the shaming that people are getting pissed. That a lot of people aren't showing up. But, and I've talked to briefly before that I do think there are some things the university specifically could do to loosen up some of the restrictions that will obviously bring people in. But, the other thing is there's also the on campus, the blue crew. And I remember they were pretty big when I was going on to school. And so I think that's kind of one of the things that this, that program really needs to kind of take a hold of this, this problem collectively and just find, I mean, work towards some solution so that we're not really getting, you know, this lack of attendance for football and not, I mean, the issue is not really that bad for ba- obviously not an issue for basketball, right. but. I do think it is a bad look, and it's been going on for a while now. So I'm saying the Blue Crew needs to find a way to bring it all together. I don't
0: know if the football program can incorporate. Basketball has the must-bus that's run by mm-hmm. the, the the program. I don't know if football can try to do something like that. Yeah, It's clear that something's got to happen. I think intense will improve next year just because there's going to be more anticipation. The team's in a better spot. All that goes into it. Is it a bad look for the program? It's not a good look, but it's something that every fan base goes through. Some infighting. I think yelling at other fans, saying you need to go to games, I don't think that's how you motivate people to go to games. It's we need to ask questions. We need to try to understand. Okay, why aren't you coming to the games? What do you want to see Mm -hmm. at the games? And then how can we shape a solution then that will draw you out? That that's how you get fans at games. The yelling yelling at Twitter isn't going to do anything.
1: It's just nuts. Yeah, I mean, you have that, I mean, it's the same thing. We, you and I have both talked to us on Twitter. It's like, how many times have you seen somebody on Twitter argue with another person? And then the person who's getting yelled at or disagreed with is all of a sudden like, you know what? You, you changed my mind. You know what? You're right. I'm going to start right. going to these games now.
0: Exactly. So it's trying to have some empathy, some understanding. Okay. So what's going on? What, how can we better accommodate you as a fan base? I mean, if I'm getting yelled at by other people, other fans, like, I'm not going to be excited <laughs> to go hang out with you for four hours
1: yeah you know so as a
0: fan base how can we understand that and then as as an athletic department what what can we do as well like i said a lot of programs go through this uh UW football in seattle they have the zone that they would open up after halftime they'd put it on the the end zone that's right on the lake there and fans would spend the entire second half out there and fans are yelling at each other you need to be in the stadium make a noise the second half fans i know we want to go drink because you can go drink beer out there there's beer mm-hmm. sales. And that's, so that that's, was, that's a beer garden. And so it doesn't matter what the program is. It's, it's going to be a universal thing. Is, is it a huge deterrent, a huge negative cloud for the fan base? The program as a whole, I'd say no. Cause it's, yeah. it's, it's just something that's going across all college sports right now. Yeah. 15th in Virginia, favorite off-brand product, i.e. Shasta Cola. You got any?
1: I mean, Kirkland anything? Kirkland vodka. I love Kirkland vodka, Kirkland beer, Kirkland food. Oh,
0: Kirkland beer! I don't know about that one. Do you see how cheap it is? I've I, well, hand up. I've never had Kirkland beer, but there's a reason for that. Have you had Kirkland beer?
1: Yes, night in the country, almost every year. I think I thought we had some the last year we went when you were there, but maybe it's
0: been, it's been how many years? I didn't go. Did I, was it two years ago last time I went? Or was it three uh, years ago?
1: Let's see. It was two or three years ago, man. I might have to go Because I, cause I, cause I went this summer. I don't think I went last summer. And then I think you and I and our other group went this summer before that, All if right. I'm remembering. Night in
0: the country. If you hook the Reno Slant up with some wristbands and a campsite, I'm there. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that.
1: What'd you, we'll do what do you got, though, for your generic brand?
0: I was trying to think. Uh Kirkland Vodka is a great one. Um, I have these T-shirts that I love. I'm not wearing mm-hmm. one right now. And they're... They're off brand, certainly they're called next level. They're just, they fit well. They're super comfy. They're kind of like the generic, just blank. They don't have no, they're just solid yeah. colors and they're my favorite shirts. I have like four of them.
1: Some companies make good little, little lounge shirts like that. I wear them out. I
0: like, it's a, I'll wear like a light blue one with some dark jeans. Looks sharp and it's comfy. It's comfy as hell. Shelp style. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, I also get, uh, Costco boxers. Those are also uh, we, good ones. we we
1: disagree on we, we're gonna disagree on that. Oh, I love Costco
0: boxers. Very underrated.
1: I ex I have a couple pairs and I avoid them at all costs unless my laundry's running low.
0: Not a fan, huh? Nope. Not a no, fan there. It's disappointing.
1: All right. And then fake Matt Mummy at the buzzer.
0: Late question for this week's podcast. I'm headed down to San Jose for this weekend. That's a real fan. That's a real fan. Go. Driving into San Jose. Um this weekend and have some time to kill. Any recommendations for attractions to see in restaurants, to, restaurants to eat at?
2: On the way to San
1: Jose? Yeah. Well, it'd probably depend on which way he's driving. If he's going, uh, you know, south of Lake Tahoe or if he's going 80. I'm imagining we're going 80. Yeah. Yeah, you can go the south side, but, um, I have no idea what the name is. I can't remember, but it's over by Auburn. Okay. In California. Right. If you're driving west, so headed out that way, mm-hmm. there's this like kind of mom and pop store shop thing on the left side. So you have to get off the freeway, go underneath the pass. Okay. And get over there. But they have these homemade pies and they are fantastic. I've only had it once, but I, I, when did you get that? Uh, I went, I don't know if you remember this is probably like four or five years ago. I went out to Napa for that wine trip. Oh yeah. With work. And, um, I was sleeping on the way out there cause we left super early and our, my boss woke me up and was like, Hey, we're going to get pies. And this is where I screwed up. I was like, 8, 10 in the morning or wherever, I was like, I don't want pie. That sounds terrible. Everybody, <laughs> everybody in the car has this pie, and of course, I had a little little bite out of a couple of people's, and it was just fantastic. Was but right. I, I was the, I was a loser in the car that didn't have the pie. Yeah, I couldn't think of anything. I mean,
0: we've I've done that drive twice. Both times with you. Both times going to football games. Mm-hmm. So we went to the Stanford game. And yeah. so my memory from that though is like you came home and like in the morning the night before we were supposed to go
1: oh man you were so pissed. i was
0: so <laughs> pissed at you because i woke up in the morning like bro are we going or not and like you i kept going in the room and you were still asleep and you get in the car and you sleep for the first two hours i was so pissed at you and then you got ass kicked so that <laughs> <That's> was a, <laughs> just a bad couple hours it was fun though It did end up being fun. Yeah. and the, the second time much more fun drove out for the pac-12 title game when we stomped on colorado
1: that was an awesome game.
0: So we did both of those. So Fake Mad I Mummy, mean, I'd be curious. Are you doing a day trip? I'd imagine so. With a 2 o'clock game, that's the sweet spot. If it's a four-hour drive, get up in the morning, probably try to leave by 7-ish. Mm-hmm. You can leave after the game, get home at midnight. Because we didn't get home back to the top game. It was like 4.30 in the morning. Oh, yeah, that was we did, we did. We did the day trip, and that, that last hour and a half was
1: terrible. Yeah, was it? I would still venture to say the worst drive ever was from Salt Lake City after UW-Utah. Salt
0: Salt Lake City was rough
1: also. That That was was also rough. (laughs) I was puking in in Elko. (laughs) (laughs) Good times. Good times. We'll cut that that part out, huh? (laughs) No, we won't. That's that's staying in.
0: We'll get out of here with Random Reno. What would you find?
1: Uh, so Reno has been awarded the loosest slots in America, title by, that title by Casino Player Magazine for six years running. So I know we have some degenerates listening. Um, we have, test one, your luck. We have
0: one talking right now.
1: Hey, takes one to know one, brother. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if you're out there making any sports bets for what Nathan and I said, why don't you throw a couple bucks in one of those slots and see what happens? Test your luck.
0: I've never. What do you got? So, this one's you funny. don't. You've never done funny. the Buffalo. I've done. I've played the Buffalo. I've never won on slots. I've never played put a ton of money into slots. Terra obviously sells slot machines. So I'm not gonna rag on them, but I don't. I'd rather play cards.
1: Buffalo.
0: Buffalo. Bu- buffalo is the fun one though.
1: When you're about four Bud Lights in, <laughs> and the yeah.
0: Buffalo starts going. The Stampede. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Reno. In terms of population. Where do you think it ranks in the state of Nevada?
1: Are we including Reno Sparks or just Reno? Just Reno. Like population by city? They got to be second. No. Yeah.
0: So it, is it the second most populous city in the state? Is it?
1: Uh, I, have a, I have a crazy feeling there's going to be a curve, but well, are you considering Vegas Henderson as one or are those separate? Those are separate. Okay. So Reno's three then. Yeah, it's three. I was a little bit surprised by that. So
0: Reno's population is somewhere around two hundred forty thousand people, depending on where you look. Henderson's population is around three hundred thousand, depending on where you look. Las they have
1: crammed a lot of people in that
0: area. Well, Henderson's huge. It really it's a it's a big area.
1: Hmm. Okay, maybe it I re- just it
0: really is. in Reno, when you think about it, surface area square miles isn't that massive. Yeah, really isn't. In Las Ve- Las Vegas, when you get the population.
1: Uh, I'm gonna have no idea. Uh one point two million.
0: Not even close. Six hundred and five six hundred and forty thousand. Wow, I was
1: almost double that.
0: But collectively you Henderson and Las Vegas, obviously with Sparks, you'd throw that in there. Sparks probably has what, hundred thousand people?
1: Yeah. Maybe. probably. So that probably puts you around, around three hundred and
0: forty thousand. Henderson Las Vegas is almost a million and those two are competing against
1: each other in high school.
0: That makes sense.
1: <laughs> I mean it makes sense if you don't it makes sense if you don't think about it.
0: the enrollment difference between some of these high schools in Vegas and Reno is like when I was used to really pound the table about this stuff, the biggest high school in Reno, I believe is Spanish Springs and Spanish Springs is like a thousand students smaller than the smallest four a school in Vegas.
1: It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It just doesn't make sense because I mean, you get to the most basic thought processes. You're going to find some other athletes in that group of thousand kids that you have a larger selection from. I mean, it just, yeah, no, it's, it's ridiculous. By the way, I covered Gorman on
0: Friday night for the review journal. There's a lot of talk this year about Gorman. This is the year they're going down. They're beatable. They lost three games. No, <laughs> just, just no. Demani yeah. fans might be upset with me. Minogue probably too. Cause they're playing. You also have Arborview down here. Faith Lutheran, I'm uh, forgetting a couple others, but. Liberty, is Liberty year. Liberty, I believe, is still in it as well. It's just, Gorman is an absolute machine. They, their quarterback was 10 of 10 for 340 yards and four touchdowns. He also ran for a touchdown. They have a freshman who plays first game. He had three carries for like 120 yards and a touchdown. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's unbelievable how good Gorman is every single year. And that's our show this week. Thank you to Chad Hartley, Nevada Sports Information Director for coming on. Some great behind the stuffs. Uh, some great behind-the-scenes stuff from him. Thank you to all of you who continue to listen to us every single week. Adam and I are having an absolute blast with this thing, and we are just starting. Got a lot of fun stuff lined up for the rest of this month going into December. You can follow us on Twitter. Adam's first this week at Shout Adam at Shout Nathan or at the Reno Slant. You can submit Twitter questions there, or you can email us if you're not on Twitter. The at Gmail dot com don't forget to leave us a five star iTunes review to be in the running for the review of the week thank you to anime dvd seventy eight <laughs> for for this week's I said last week it's because it's true those reviews are the best way you can support this podcast as we really get this thing rolling so if you could do that for, especially for those of you who are listening in iTunes right now it's really easy just scroll down to leave a review type in your two sentences what you think about the show leave your name leave your venmo handle get you that uh the $1 next week maybe if we pick your review and it would mean a lot. That's the best way you can support us and this podcast. We'll be back next week, UNLV week for the football program. Time to keep that can in blue baby pumped about our guest next week. You guys are going to be really excited to hear uh from him. Uh the hoops back in action uh Friday night and then they're coming down to Vegas here here Thanksgiving week. I will be going to at least one of those games tip off Friday night at Lawler eight o'clock on ESPNU. if you're, if you're not going kickoff on Saturday at San Jose state, 2 PM on ESPN three, we will see you guys next week.
1: Go pack. Thanks for listening to the Reno slant, the podcast for Northern Nevada sports fans until next time. And we're still not talking about the Loyalist Chicago tournament game.